to the Christian Witches podcast. And this episode, well, all I can say is strap your seatbelts on. We have as our special guest, Icy the Medium, with her experience of sexual trauma and how she transformed it and went deep into the shadow to resolve these issues. And as a result of being on the journey of ascension, the soul path has now come forward with what is called dangerous pussy. Yes, you heard that right. This is a conversation that will maybe make you cry, make you think, and prayerfully, absolutely inspire you on your soul journey. Here we go with Icy the Medium. In the Christian Witches Club on Clubhouse, I'm Reverend Valerie Love, also known as Kaisi, here for the ascension of humanity. That's it. There is no other goal. The goal is ascension. One word. And so this morning, we're going to have the opportunity to go into a deep dive conversation with Icy the Medium, also known as Icy Kendrick. We are recording for the Christian Witches podcast, and the podcast always drops on Sunday night at 8 p.m., which is the recording of Sunday Inspiration on our Clubhouse Rooms. And also the podcast drops when we have interviews with people that are fascinating, that connect with Christian Witches. And we also have uh, podcast episodes that are the new moon and full moon. We do a new moon ritual and a full moon ritual in the Christian Witches Club each month on Clubhouse at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's have a deep breath. A deep breath and prepare for an incredible experience on Sunday Inspiration. Deep breath. A deep breath and call to mind your vision. The vision that you know spirit has placed in your heart and your soul for the unfoldment of humanity's greatness. Breathe. You have a part in the ascension of humanity. If you're here in this conversation, you have a role to play in the ascension of humanity and it is now. Breathe deeply. Pouring out our virtual libations, we call forward with the power and the presence of source, source energy. And when we say source, we're not talking about a big dude in the sky with a long white beard, white flowing robes with a book that he can just erase your name out of or some deity that could send you to hell. We're not talking about any of that. We're talking about source, infinite energy of this universe. The nature of source is love, and the operation and the action of source is law. The way that source came into the earth plane is you, and I, and everyone. Source is all. As the Gnostics say, source is the entirety. Calling forth and giving honor to the entirety 
giving our attention, our love, our praise, our honor, our attention to the entirety, the all, the alpha and the omega. There are many words for this allness, this isness, and yet we know it is beyond words, beyond description. It simply is. And it is all. Breathing, we now call forward with the presence of our ancestors, asking, beseeching their help. They've already been where we're going. They have an expanded view. And we give thanks in the presence of our ancestors. We call forward the ascended masters who teach us each night in their nightly schools. As we're dreaming, we're being carried off, our soul is being carried off to the schools of ascended masters. So we beseech the help of the ascended masters, Lord Krishna, Lord Christ, who is the ascended master of this movement known as Christian witches. They call forward Lord Kuan Yin, the Lord, the Lady Kuan Yin, Lord Buddha. We call forward Arcturus. We call forward Saint Germain, the keeper of the Aquarian age that we are now entering with great travail, leaving the Piscean age. They call forward all of the ascended masters who are here to help and lift us and guide us. We call forward the essence and and the person in spirit of Mary, Mag Mary of Magdala, also known as Mary Magdalene, never a prostitute, only the divine consort of the Christ presence, and the keeper of that wisdom that he imparted to others, he imparted to her. She was a great, one of the greatest teachers, if not the greatest teacher next to Christ. Breathing and calling forward the angels who tend us, the angels who walk with us, the angels who save us and guide us and protect us. Lest not your foot strike a stone. Breathe. And now, having poured out our virtual libations, having called forward all of the beneficent beings and energies that lift us on this journey of ascension. We have a psalm for today. Sunday inspiration. Okay, that was weird. It closed up for a second. We have a psalm for today on Sunday inspiration. The psalm is actually my birthday psalm. And if you're not certain of your birthday psalm, you can find out if you go to ValerieLove.com and click on Decode Yourself, you can discover what your birthday psalm is. Everyone has a birthday psalm. My birthday psalm is Psalm 34. I will read verses 1 through 3 in Psalm 34. 
which tells us why we're here this morning. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Lord with a capital L, which means the all, the entirety. Let all who are discouraged take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt what is name? Name means nature. Let us exalt in our consciousness the nature of source. What is that? That is high vibration love of all. Now, we move on to a brief introdu introduction about I See the Medium and why I asked her to be with us today as she prepares to join us in the room this morning. I met Icy a couple of years ago as she entered the Christian Witches Mystery School as a student in the initiation program. The initiation program is open now and it has one goal, ascension. Uh, and we have chosen, all of us who are hearing this, we've chosen the magical path to ascension. There are many paths to ascension. We've chosen to use magic. Magic is an inherent energy in the universe. It's nothing special. It's nothing strange. It's like electricity. Electricity is not strange or special. It's simply a potent energy in the universe. Just like sex is a potent energy in the universe, as is magic, as is gravity, as is on and on and on. We have uh, magnetism. We have many, many potent forces in the universe. Magic is but one. And we use magic and the laws of magic to create our lives here in the third dimension for the time that our soul is visiting the third dimension. Well, I met Icy when she entered the mystery school as to be initiated in the initiation program. And the initiation program is one year and people get put off because they're like, I don't wanna be initiated as a witch. Well, uh, everyone's a magical being of some sort. And the goal of the mystery school is ascension. So she came into the mystery school and she did something very strange. And when I say strange, I don't mean that. <laughs> I see I was talking about you <laughs> before we dive into your, this delicious conversation with you. <laughs> she did something, well, I won't call it strange. Let me not call it strange. Let me call it unusual. Because in all the years that I've been doing this, which is 16 years, I've never seen anyone do this thing that I'm about to tell you. Icy came to two retreats back to back. So we were in Sedona. Now we're a global traveling family. We travel the globe. We go to spiritual hotspots all around the world, Bali, um, Chichen Itza, the ancient cities in Mexico, Sedona, Salem, New Orleans. If there's some spiritually charged spot, Peru, we're going to it. Well, this particular time we were in Sedona. This was December of 2019 or 2020? I don't remember. 2020? I think it was 2020. Well, we yeah, were in 2020. 2020, okay. December of 2020. So we go to Sedona and there were two retreats. Now, one retreat was for the mystery school students, the ones who were the initiates who have graduated and are um, initiated and being initiated. The other retreat was one week later, and it was called 
Epic Manifestation. And that was a retreat for our Wealth and Wellness Vortex family. I'll tell you about that later. But that's what that retreat was for. Now, I, of course, stayed for both retreats because I was leading both retreats. I was in Sedona for a while. I don't know, two couple of weeks or something like that. Maybe two, three weeks I was in Sedona. So I was hanging out in between retreats. And this is what Icy did. And, and Dr. B also, Dr. Denise Bacchus also came to both retreats. Dr. Denise Bacchus lives in driving distance of Sedona. So she drove from Arizona up. From Well, Sedona is in Arizona. She drove from where she was in Arizona to Sedona. Icy flew home after the first retreat and flew back again to the second retreat. What would make you do something like that, Icy? I had never seen anyone do that before, back to back. And when you first got to the first retreat, you and I were in the airport for a while. We got to spend a few hours talking. I was like, this lady is the real deal. What made you do that? <laughs> I remember, so I, I was so ready for a change in my life. I was so ready to stop being sick and tired, stop sitting at home dreaming, stop procrastinating on how I wanted my life to be, waiting for opportunities to happen instead of moving my feet and making it happen. So once I went to the first retreat, I was just like, yeah, I'm going back. <laughs> I don't know if I was home for like three days or if it was maybe five, but I wasn't home that long and I just, I was ready to come back. And you have kids and you, and, and you had a husband and you had life and you had, how did you do that? I just left. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> kids, mama will be back. And when I come back, I'm going to be an even more stellar mom than you ever saw before. Yeah. So I see the medium. Who are you? Ooh, that is a really good question. <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, right now, I'm currently 33 years old, but I'm going through a massive transformation in my life. So massive in the way I think, the way I act, the way I carry myself, the way I love, basically. I'm so used to caring so much about other people's feelings, other people's needs, making sure they feel loved. And I wasn't paying attention to if it was coming back, if I was giving to myself, if I was pouring into myself. So I am a medium. I'm a spiritual teacher for every student and also a high priestess of sex magic. So uh, sex magic for me has always been taboo, especially the way that I think of it. Um, sex has always been a constant theme in my life, whether it's rape, molestation, um, using sex in order to get people to love me, care about me, respect me, want to be around me. It was just always sex to the point where my own mother, um, I was a young teenager and she got to a point where she started to like bring different men to my bedroom to have sex. So... <laughs> Sex was always bizarrely around me. And so I got to a point where I just looked at all my trauma. And this was through the mystery school. So the Christian covenant of Christian witches, mystery school. You took us on a journey of finding out exactly who we are. Based on our astrolo Western astrology, Eastern astrology, angel magic, 
um, life path numbers, you know, full-blown numerology, just getting to really know who we are. And so I began to ask these really deep questions that I didn't want to ask because I wanted to keep blaming everybody else. <laughs> well, I think that's a lot of us when we first start on a spiritual path. We, we don't want to accept 100% responsibility for everything in our world. No. And it, it really triggered me because as a young person, I always observed everybody. I watched my elders. If it was um, someone near me and I saw they had gray hair and wisdom, I'm sitting at their feet just listening to everything. And so one thing that I noticed also within my grandmother and my mother is that they both felt sexually repressed as women. They both felt like they had to fit this mold of, oh, well, if I dress too sexy, I'm not a good mother. Or if I'm too, uh, if I'm not in the house with barefoot and pregnant all the time, I'm not a good mother. And so in my family, there's a constant history of women needing hysterectomies. Everybody hates being a woman. Don't nobody want to be controlled and ruled by a man. That is a powerful ancestral scar or wound in the sacral chakra such that they removed their organs for giving birth. Yes. And it's been every generation. In fact, I hate to admit it, but I have also had a hysterectomy. This is what helped me to see and understand the history behind all the angry women in my family. There's a lot of angry women. We're all naturally hot-headed, hot-tempered, and then we all try to figure out a way to change ourselves or become less powerful because we're so in love. I watched both my grandmother and my mother cry, feel depressed, feel suicidal, say they want to kill themselves because another man wouldn't let them be themselves. And I said, not me. Not me and not my daughter. It's not going to happen. So I, I'm a military wife. Um, I've been a Navy wife for about 14 years, or this is the 14th year. I have four children. I have a 15-year-old daughter, my only daughter, <laughs> who is who has been like my biggest supporter, biggest motivator. And I have three boys, um, 12, 9, and 8. So when I went to Sedona the first time, I came back, and I must have been so lit up, so excited, so happy. As soon as I got back, I found out my husband had been hitting them streets, looking for somebody to pay for sex because he had the opportunity to have somebody different. And to me, that was so shocking because I met him when I was 15. So all together, we've been together for 18 years. So I get back to Sedona. I'm excited. I'm happy. And then the next thing I know, what the hell? How, how is it? We get married and we move away for 13 years. And as soon as we move back to our hometown, where we have all the support in the world. So I raised my four children with no help. No friends, no family, just me. Constantly giving, giving, giving. To the point my body collapsed. I broke down. I needed a five-in-one surgery, hysterectomy, endometriosis, adamiosis, just all these angry feelings and emotions about being a woman. So when I got back and I found all this out, I was devastated. It broke my heart. It made me question if I ever should have left in the first place because of the entire 14, no, 13 years of being a military wife, 
my kids didn't go visit nobody. We didn't go on no trips. I didn't. I didn't do anything for myself. Everybody asked me. I said, "What are your your hobbies?" I don't know. Cooking and cleaning. That's what I do. That was those were my hobbies. But when I got back, I was so devastated and hurt. My daughter came into the room and she was just like, "Mom, I need you to do this for me." And I was like, "What?" She was like, "Don't cancel your trip. Do this for me." I need to see a different part of you. Woo! Preach! Whoa! Out of the mouth of babes. Go on. I had to pause because I'm kind of getting emotional. I like that. Just, it's it's so profound. Yeah. It just reached my heart. Like I remember watching my grandmother, my mother, sad, depressed, thinking of killing themselves. I think I heard my grandmother say one time. I should just drink all that damn bleach and just get out of here. Because somebody else wouldn't let them be who they were. And my daughter said, Mom, you're my role model. I need you to do this. I need to see you be happy. I need to see you be successful. I need to see you own who you are so I can be who I am. And it broke, I just broke down. And I, I, I think I called you, Reverend Valerie, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going. And you was like, okay, I'll see you when you get here. And I was like, wait, did she hear me? Did, did she hear what I said? I said I wasn't going, Grab. If I had a nickel for every time I've heard that, because the resistance comes up right when you get ready to walk out the door. That's when it all hits you. I'd be like, oh, no, 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 you're going to be there, beloved. And don't tell me nothing else. And if you're not there, at least be truthful with yourself and tell yourself what it really is. It was your fear, nothing else. At least own it. Yeah. Continue. And I, I do have to just give a quick apology because I am such a very um, usually I'm really private about my my heart. My heart is way more vulnerable than I really allow people to see. So I'm very private about that. But I was just such in a I want to say a crossroads because it was just like, am I going to go back to being who I was, sad, sick, depressed, angry? Basically, I became a type of abuser based on my own abuse, which thank you, Tinny, I didn't know that. You taught me. <laughs> Don't you love our community? I mean, my God. Holy mirrors. Holy mirrors, right? And Tracy was there. I see Tracy in the room. Hey, Tracy. Yes. As a matter of fact, everyone who's followed by the speakers in the room has been to the retreats. Isn't that a, that's a very interesting dynamic. Um, Tracy was there at the second, at the Epic Manifestation Sedona Retreat. Mm-hmm. Continue. talk to you I was just like okay I hurt my daughter I hurt my, my mentor I just got on I got on the flight I left and so that's when it led up to us having that moment at um, the medicine wheel at Peace Park because I'm watching everybody go into the medicine wheel and praying and they're stopping at all four points and they're doing their sacred thing and all I'm thinking about as I'm watching is all hell has broke loose in my life like all hell like what is this my husband has been loving supportive faithful all up until this point of me saying yes to myself so i'm getting ready to walk into the medicine wheel and i noticed that there's like uh 
flowers over it. I said, oh, goodness, they just did a ritual. So this thing is charged. <laughs> it was absolutely charged because the natives who, who created that medicine wheel is sacred land, right? And it's on sacred land already anyway. And it's in Sedona. And it's on a mountain. So you just got layer upon layer upon layer of charged frequencies. And then they just did a ritual. So you know the energy was still there and continue. Yes, the energy was still there. I, I, I just vividly remember the flowers. I saw lots of pink and white um, flower petals all over it. And so as I entered the medicine wheel, you told us to each person, make sure you have your intention in mind. What are you asking for? What are you reaching out for? And so I closed my eyes and I think it was it was kind of cold a little bit. <laughs> We're in Sedona, Arizona, but I closed my eyes and um, I go to the first point of the medicine wheel and I just say, all I need right now, the spirits, my ancestors, all the energies, all the energy God that connects me and you. I'm calling on the angels. I'm calling on the four corners as I go around the medicine wheel. I'm saying I need a sign to know that what I'm about to do, I'm not about to go through this alone. And so I continue to pray that Ooh. as I walk around the medicine wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so as I get to each point, I think I called on each archangel for each four points. And by the time I got to the the last point before you go out to exit, um, I noticed it started to rain and drizzle as I started to, um, as I was praying and I felt a lot of gusts of winds and then I just felt complete hell. And I was like, is it hailing? I said, nope, you were prayer. <laughs> it was hailing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I just, and I remember when I got to that last point, there was such a huge gust of wind and it kind of like blew my hood off hell just kind of blew into my face and to me it was a sign of don't you feel me don't you experience me you are the wind I am here and to me that was life changing for me like I still remember Tania like what that was like the next man <laughs> Tania and I were standing right there next to each other I still remember where everyone was standing and literally a pure sunny day pure son and family. You probably wouldn't believe this story unless you were there because, I mean, if I had heard it from people that were there, and I'm used to spiritual phenomena, I still would, mm, okay. It was one of those miracle moments that you had to have been in to experience and to know the move of the supernatural that was happening that this witch walked into a medicine wheel, a charged medicine wheel, and called down hell from, hell from the heavens. By the way, this was one of the very exact fears of villagers in the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th centuries when 40,000 to 60,000 witches were killed. One of the absolute paramount fears was that witches would call down hell at their disposal, because everyone in this room knows that you can control weather, call down hell at their disposal and ruin crops and property and cause general ruin. It was a very big fear. This very specific thing 
calling down hail from the heavens, which means all of these fears have their roots in some accuracy. You never hear a conspiracy theory or just an old wives' tale that doesn't have something at the core worth looking at. I see, I've never seen that. I've seen a lot of things. I've never seen that exact experience. And Zaire looked at me like, Kaisi, did, did you see that? Yes, these are powerful witches. Continue. Yes, so um, after the medicine wheel, um, part of being in the Christian covenant uh, of Christian Witches Mystery School is the fact there's two requirements. Uh, one requirement is you must go to Sedona, Arizona for um, one of the retreats, and you have to go to Peru or else you wasn't going to graduate. So when we got to Peru, we were told ahead of time to have together our intention. What were we looking for? We expecting. My first time being introduced to the mother, Mother Anawaska, um, is actually the time when my body fell apart. So, um, like, have you ever heard the phrase, you know, you work yourself to you can't move it? It was that situation. Couldn't do that. I kept feeling um, pushed and urged. Uh, plant medicine, plant medicine. And I was just like, no, I don't know what that is. It could be crazy. I, I was just like iffy about it because of my Christian upbringing. But once we got there, I just, I mean, once we were preparing to go there, Reverend Valerie asked me, she said, what is your intention? And I said, I don't want to come back the same person. I want to experience change. And she was just like, oh, you asked for big things, really big things. <laughs> I love when people ask for big things in their intentions. Like when I hear people, I've, I've done and done this work for many years and work with thousands of people through YouTube, through Facebook, through in person at retreats, at events. And I ask people, "What do you want? What, what, what are you, why are you doing this? Like, what's your driver? That's the intention. What do you want?" And people say things like, "I want a boo. Oh, that's nice. That's cute. Okay, sit over there. You're in group three. Group one is, I want ascension. Group two is, um, yeah, it would be nice for me to take care of my family. And, da, da, da. and group three is just you. Well, how far are you going to get like that? When you ask for a radical transformation, you are in group one because you are asking for nothing short of ascension. Yes, that's what I was getting from what you were asking for. Yes. Um, for me, I hear a lot of people talk about how they want houses and cars and the family and the children and the trips. Well, I've done all that. I'm 33 years old. I've done all that. I'm like, well, what's next? Did I not achieve what I'm supposed to be doing? Because um, I'm still here. So <laughs> I said I wanted complete change. I want to be where I'm supposed to be. So once we, once we, I think, finish that conversation, things just started to happen right away. Just constant, different things will show up, different levels of resistance, um, how you're going to pay for it, or who's going to hate your kids, just anything. Anything that will give you the excuse for saying, all right, I'm not going to say yes to myself. So in my journey, everything has been about not needing validation. So I'm the oldest of my mother's children. I was raised under my elders, under my grandmother. So for me, if I saw them doing that's 
that's kind of how I built my uh, my moral code of what's right, what's wrong, my worldview. So when we had, uh, we were preparing for our first night of drinking and watching meeting a mother. Me and a couple of the other women from the mystery school went to see a shop. And so um, the shaman was basically, you know, meeting us one-on-one, preparing us for what we were going to do that day to give us any extra information going into it. And to my surprise, I think it was um, the first time I ended up having this experience where I was brought to this place where I was a man. And I was feeling deep, really strong pain in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. And then I turned around, and all of a sudden, I saw that my house was on fire. And I lost my entire family in a fire. And that's why I care so much about having my family's validation. Wow, you were looking at a past life. Yes. And so um, many different different ones, um, we became... uh, we started speaking in other languages. I think it was me, uh, Dr. B. <laughs> and I think there was one other Yeah, she spoke another language that was not known to her or to the participants. It was clearly a language. It could have been an ancient language that is no longer spoken by one of her very ancient ancestors who lived at that time. Yes, she sounded different. It was like, whoop, what? Yeah, it was a different voice. You can always tell when a spirit has inhabited a person because the, the, the things change. And the person starts doing things and saying things that they know have no, that they have no knowledge of in this third dimensional experience. There's no way that they could know these things. They, there's no way that they could know that language or that they could speak in that way or that their voice would change or that they would know the things that they know. It, so you know it is an entity that has been allowed to come. These are not stray entities. I want to let everyone know, listening to this experience and on the podcast, this thing is so spiritually locked down with the shaman, with the space we're in, with the rituals that we do. Nobody's drinking ayahuasca from you know Amazon and laying in your house. I hope nobody's doing that. And laying in your house and drinking ayahuasca. These things require spiritual protocols. This is a ritual plant medicine that we highly honor and revere. And we only take the plant medicine with the Shipibos. Well, I only take the plant medicine from the Shipibos. A Shipibo is a shaman, a a Shipibo shaman. In this particular lineage, those are the ones that Spirit brought us to. There are other shamans too, and I've also drank with a Colombian shaman. Uh, We drank in Peru with Shipibo shamans who've been shamans for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. I mean, Kush is 70 something, and that man, how healthy is that man? He's in complete health. Like <laughs> You can tell he's nowhere near America doing the craziness we're doing over here. This man's legs. I mean, this man is still sexy at 70-something years old. This long, flowing hair. and I mean, he's got some swag, doesn't he? Owns this amazing shaman shop. Takes people on spiritual journeys. I mean, no entities would come anywhere near Kush. They, they, they would come nowhere near him. And then, of course, he has the tobacco. He has the rattles. He has the ikros, the songs he sings. He has everything spiritually locked down. 
Everybody in there has spirit, is, is spiritually locked down. You can't even come see the mother if you're not right. And, you know, or not, not so much right because the mother accepts everyone. If things are not appropriately ordered in the energetic field, in the, the fields beyond the third dimension, we're talking the astral plane, we're talking your ancestors, all of these things have to align. What if your ancestors don't want you drinking ayahuasca? What if they want you drinking ibogaine? What if they want you on mushrooms? Then you, you don't just decide you're gonna go and drink some ayahuasca. So that's why we are honoring of all aspects of this sacred plant ritual. Continue. Yes, um, so you let everybody know, um, make sure you're trained, make sure you do your check-in, don't just do all these crazy ceremonies, make sure it aligns with your path. And before I even got to Peru, I, I said I want to be changed. So I already planned. I already um, talked to my higher self. I said I'm doing everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> on the table was ayahuasca, which is the sacred plant medicine of the Amazon, right? Ayahuasca, as well as um, San Pedro, which is another plant medicine, and the Temescal, which is the sacred ritual of the sweat lodge. So you say, give it to me, give it all to me? Yes, yes, I did, um, I did the Temescal Sweat Lodge, but I did San, San Pedro right before we went into the Sweat Lodge, and then I did two um, Anawaska ceremonies. Girl, you wanted the double whammy. You did the San Pedro and then went into the Sweat Lodge. That, that was a double whammy. It was amazing. To me, it felt like sex. I don't know what y'all felt. <laughs> Girl, you were smiling the whole time you were in the sweat lodge and it was damn hot in there. You know how the, the natives, they make sweat lodges like worse than hell. So, you know, people threaten you with hell after a sweat lodge, you'll laugh. You'll be like, that might be a breezy respite because the sweat lodge is designed to be extremely high with the stones, the seven sacred herbs, according to how Kush does them. The, 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 I've been in Lakota sweat lodges before. The Lakota sweat lodge was slightly different from the Temescal of Peru. And then they have the Temescal here in Mexico as well, where I live. And they're slightly different, yet the energy and the purpose and the intention is very much the same. They, some may use river water, some may use ocean water. Now, did he say that was river water? that he used? I'm not sure. I was so, because before you guys, um, so me and my accountability partner at the time, Danielle, we went first ahead of everybody. And so I think by the time everyone else came, I was like, I kept seeing like um, the sky, everything was glitching. I was laying in the grass with a cat. Like, <laughs> I was just in another place all together. Black. You came to see your hand in front of your face. Yes. And they brought in these seven large stones and they were uh, burning um, sacred herbs on top of the stones. And we were like sitting on top of Mother Earth. So there was like fresh uh, eucalyptus leaves like all over the ground. 
And so I'm in there before I even start paying attention to anybody else. I'm picking up eucalyptus leaves and I'm rubbing it on my skin and I'm stuffing it in my bra. (laughs) (laughs) Those fresh eucalyptus leaves were heaven. It's like the equivalent to roses when you lay the rose petals all over. If you want to lure a witch, you know, just lay the herbs all over so he had all those eucalyptus leaves like a bed it was like you were walking on a bed of deliciousness and the aroma i'm talking he just goes to the tree just plucks the eucalyptus of course with their permission and he had it everywhere it it was heavenly yes and we did like uh, a lot of different chanting and I think someone said they saw the spirit of a wolf running around us. To me, it just completely felt like sex. Like, you feel, I feel extremely horny, turned on. I couldn't see no much, but the hotter it got to me, four hours went by too fast. <laughs> we were in there for hours. And I see you were smiling, and you were right up on the hot stones. You were smiling. You looked like you were in heaven. Like, I see went somewhere. She's, she is sly heaven that's that's what ecstasy that's what it appeared from when i glanced at you when they opened the flap in between for people who are panicked to run out you know every so often you get people who are panicked who need to run out because the tennis gal almost feels like it's supposed to feel like um how do i want to say this it's scaring you out of your natural mind that's what all these spiritual experiences are doing that's supposed to happen that it's supposed to take you into altered states of consciousness. So when you feel yourself leaving, it can be very frightening. And I love doing this. This is what I do. You know, I, I take people out of their minds all the time, and we go places where you just have these mind-blowing experiences. And in that Temescal, when they open the flap every so often to bring more hot stones in, it's like three or four rounds, right? They have rounds of it. When they open the flap, you can go out if you like. You can, you can even go out and not come back in. I mean, this is all voluntary. Nobody's making you do anything. You're doing it because you want it. And when you open the flap and you can see people, because you can't see anyone while you're in. You're supposed to be in your own world. When they open the flap and I looked across the icy, the icy was in heaven. Yes, and once um, everything was over with the sweat lodge, they had like a lot of uh, fresh fruit laid out, and I didn't want to get dressed. I think, <laughs> Rev, I think it was me, you, and Denise. We stayed in our swimsuits. We stayed in our bathing suits until they made us like, okay. Kush is like, okay, you gotta go. We're laying in the grass with the cat, and in the sun, was the sun amazing? It was amazing. But I see, really, really, how often do you get to lay on the land of a shaman on the side of a mountain near the Inca Trail in Peru with your bathing suit on drinking San Pedro with a cat next to you like, hey, dude, like, how often does that happen in your life? Never. You gotta make those, you gotta juice those moments for all they're worth. Cause I mean, it's like a pinch me moment. Like, how did I get here? Higher self brought you there, right? Yes. Um, so I noticed after um, when we were all talking outside the sweat lodge, to me, it just 
brought me back to that exhilarating feeling of passion, of intensity. And I kept thinking, like, wow, this just keeps going back to sex. <laughs> yeah, this is very fascinating because spiritual energy, sexual energy, magical energy, they all are so profoundly powerful and sexual energy is super powerful. I mean, it creates more human beings. So when we're really charged up spiritually, it's automatically going to charge up the sexual energy. And I noticed the one thing in my life that has made my orgasms go supernova, I mean mind-blowing supernova, has been spiritual practice. So continue. So um, after we all went back, um, went to our hotel rooms, and then we were preparing for the second round of Anawaska. So everybody didn't go the second time. It was just a um, a select few. Most of the people who went back, they didn't have a. They didn't feel their experience the first time was strong enough. It felt like they were warring or fighting with it. In fact, I even felt that way at first because I was the first person to throw up. <laughs> All good. You you know everybody's sitting around drinking ayahuasca, and you have your bucket right next to you. You know somebody's gonna go. Bleh! You know it's it's wait five four three two one. Bleh! <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um I just noticed I did skip over so I met with the shaman before we did the first anawaska um experience and in the vision I was shown three past lives I was shown that I was a beautiful bird that loved the red and was always flying around the jungle and it, what was so interesting about the way this this particular shaman did the readings is she pretty much just like she put something on my hand she had me smell it and then she told me to tell her everything I was seeing and experiencing instead of her telling me which I thought was like bananas <laughs> it very reverse of how we do it in the United States yes 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 completely and so um, I saw myself I was I had two guys it was a jaguar there was a um a Native American man, which in my family, a lot of people know that past my great-great-grandfather, most of them are all Native. So that wasn't strange to me. So um, there was a, he was there, he was walking extremely slow, but he wanted me to follow him. And so he led me inside this house of this medicine woman. And she was just like in a hut, sitting on the ground, and then she has all these different herbs and different forms of vegetation and she's like teaching me and instructing me how to eat, live, take care of my body. But I couldn't hear her and I was like, why can't I hear her? I don't understand. I'm seeing her, I'm in her house. And so the shaman told me, keep going. So we left the house and then all of a sudden I was somebody else completely. I was a different ethnicity, I had on a lot of different makeup and I was a sex worker. <laughs> oh wow, very fascinating. And what time period was this? Was this like medieval times? Was this ancient times? Was it like a village? Was it modern times somewhat? It went from being very ancient village-like to completely, um, I guess modern, but it's, I was born in a foreign country. So like somewhere in Japan or Hong Kong, something like that. Okay. okay, yes, understood. Continue. So while I was there, I kept noticing how vibrant my makeup was, how the different colors, 
uh, purples and reds, and they just felt extremely important to me. So you were and kind of like a geisha girl or something like that? Yes. <laughs> that kind of, fle- like, that's what's coming to mind as you're describing this. What's coming to mind is a geisha girl. What, what, and in, in many of the Asian countries, they absolutely teach the women the sexual arts. Like, I mean, it's next level. Sexual arts, pleasure arts, it's next level. Nothing like in the United States. So a sex worker is an extremely well-trained, masterful, and I won't even say well-trained, I will say a master of sexual arts. Yes, um, what I noticed that was so different about this lifetime in this um, in this vision, shamanic vision, is that I wasn't like walking the streets, I wasn't getting into strange cars, there were men just coming to me, paying me, and me having fun and enjoying it. And I actually died in that lifetime because the boyfriend I had at the time wanted me to quit, but I loved what I was doing. I loved the fun, I loved the freedom, I loved having my own money, so... I wasn't going to stop, and he killed me. That's how I died in that life. Very fascinating. Well, you know, the whole idea that the man is pimping the woman, I think that's a fairly strange idea, and I also think it is a foreign idea to nature because everyone knows that uh, in the experience of the sexual arts, There is an attractor and there is a pursuer, right? The divine feminine, we're not talking penises and vaginas, we're talking energy here. So go above the third dimension, energy. The nature of the feminine is an attractive energy. It's the moon and the nature of the masculine is is yang. So this attractive power that's almost irresistible is a power, it is a force. And people think that just because it's feminine that it's not powerful. And that would be a grand mistake. Yes, yes. So when I went in for the second Anawaska experience, it was completely different than the first one. In the first one, I'm speaking different languages. I feel this strong impulse from my uh, around my heart chakra. I'm feeling all this different energy. This time was way more subtle, like I just went to a quiet sleep and then had this night vision. And the night vision was so intense. It was just, well first it was a lot of instructions about um, talking about sex. It's like showing me how much fun I have with it. And then I was able to see my relationship about how much attention and obsession I was about making sure this one person was doing certain things so that I can be okay instead of just being okay with what I'm doing because I've chosen my life. I've I've said yes to myself in order to make myself whole, complete, and happy. So in the vision, I was allowed to experience all of it. The heartbreak, the pain, the devastation, the why are you doing this to me? I was allowed to experience the whole nine in full force only to be told, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to see yourself doing that and then I saw this woman and she was like the um if you've seen Doja Cat's video uh, so high how she's like blue all over and mystical that's who I that's what she looked like to me 
and she's just like talking to me like what are you doing <laughs> you don't have to do this. this this is crazy you're not happy we're not happy what are you doing and so um just everything led me to the point where i realized most of the things in my life have always been surrounded about sex it's always been surrounded around trauma, feeling taken advantage of, being raped multiple times, being gang raped at the age of 12, um, being openly, publicly shamed, humiliated, and accused of being a whore, a slut. Even when I knew nothing about it, openly, everywhere I went, like, <laughs> I was the type of person where, you know how you're just going about your day, you randomly look at the clock? I would always notice the real fuck. <laughs> Well, well, well. The universe, you gonna be a <laughs> Well, well, well. And not in the terms, the derogatory terms that we would consider the word whole, right? More in exactly what you described when you first introduced yourself, that you're a priestess of sex magic, high priestess. These are high magical arts here. We're talking tantric arts that are thousands of years old. Yes. And then part of the part of the biggest um, so I, I do study multiple different um, forms of divination. So my Venus planet is uh, Pisces. So I'm a Pisces woman in the 11th house. And um, one of the reasons I got married early, you know, being a preacher's kid, in fact, most of the people you'll meet in my family are all in the church. All of them. <laughs> all of them. And growing up, it was beat into me physically. You don't tell our business. What goes on in our house stays in our house. And if you embarrass me, I'm going to embarrass you. So I... Whoa. <laughs> Let, let's unpack that. How many of us have heard, don't put our business in the street? Like, that was a common refrain, right? Don't put our business in the street. And then this, don't embarrass me, or I'm going to embarrass you, is like, we're going to keep up-leveling each other or the crazy, and I'm going to be the craziest. Like, that would be my mom. Like, if you think you can out-crazy my crazy, you have another thing coming. And I think it was that fear that your mother was a little crazy, that kept us like Hell yeah. yeah she you didn't know what she was about to do yeah yes my mom my mom would occasionally do ex- extremely crazy things so we knew how crazy she was um one example is i think i kept coming in the house after the street lights came on so i remember her telling me go to the basement i go in the basement i go inside the wine cellar she takes a knife to my throat and she says, if you come in the house after dark again, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then she cut me a little bit. Oh, wow. So, okay, that would be... A, was that effective? Did it Did it work? No. Oh, okay. It did scare the hell out of me. It was very scary. I mean, these are traumatizing experiences. I remember someone that was a good friend of mine. We, we grew up in Harlem, and, and our mothers were a little crazy, too. And her mother caught her smoking one day. And... Um, she said, oh, you 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 think you want to smoke? And she was like, you know, just playing around with cigarettes. You know, it was a big deal when I was growing up. You know, you got a cigarette, like, wow, right? Do you know that her mother said, don't worry, I got something for you. 
went to the store and came back with an entire pack of cigarettes and said, you gonna smoke the whole thing. She was like, wait, what? Go ahead, you wanna smoke? Smoke. And do you know that her mother made her smoke an entire pack of cigarettes and the child says she was coughing, throwing up. She was so sick that she never touched another cigarette again for the rest of her life. That's pretty scary shit. Yes. Um, in fact, my, my actual first time having sex, and I haven't been public about this because, of course, I was told what goes on in our house stays in our house. Um, but my first time having sex, I didn't understand what was happening. I just, I just knew my, my mother worked um, in the afternoons. She told us don't have nobody in the house. We, me and my brother, we do parties. Um, <laughs> we were so bad yeah, I mean, doing what kids do. I mean, kids do things. That's why they're kids, right? They're they don't they're they're not adults yet. So I mean, we do a lot of things when we're kids. Yes. Um. So one particular day, uh, an older boy, he was around seventeen years old, knocked on the door, said he just wanted to hang out with me and my brother. I was eleven, mind you. Um. I said okay. He noticed my brother went to sleep, carried me upstairs, took my clothes off, and started having sex with me. I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know. I was confused. He was embarrassed because he said usually he's better at sex, and I'm like, what's sex? <laughs> you know, all these wow. things happening. What an introduction to the sacred art of sexuality. That that's a pretty un what's the word I wanna unloving introduction to the sacred art of sexuality and then people get turned off about the sexuality when it was not it was the unloving experiences that we've had with sexuality sexuality was not the problem yes and um one thing we constantly heard consistently over the entire year of being in the mystery school was that if you're terrified of doing something you should face it. Don't run from it. Face it. And one thing that I have never actually done was face my entire family. So um, recently, I decided, you know, I was talking to my brother, and my brother had um, ended up having a, a very different path. I'm not going to put a story out there. I'll let him do that. But he, we lost contact for about maybe five or six years. Um, he was missing. No one's talked to him. No one's seen him. And then through the mystery school and the things that I've been able to do, he found me. And so we got to talking and we were just thinking about our childhood. And he was just like, I've been in therapy and all these things happen. We really got to work through these different issues. And so I'm like, well, yeah, I've been doing that. I've been doing a lot of shadow work. In fact, Reverend Valerie introduced me to, um, <laughs> and I always have to prepare myself to say it, but it's extra existential kink is that yes. right yes 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 carolyn elliott yes dr carolyn elliott an incredible witch what an incredible book continue yeah yes i learned so much about myself this through this kinky sexual approach to <laughs> discovering your shadow uh so she talks about why we allow ourselves to keep experiencing the same pain what it does for us um, different exercises you can do to work through the fear or the trauma of that pain. So I 
you talk about this in the book, Dangerous Pussy. <laughs> Woo! But before before you go into that, can you tell us what dangerous pussy means and where did it come from? So dangerous pussy, it is for me. It's a powerful, magical woman who's been able to take everything that she's gone through: tears, stress, frustration, abandonment, neglect, every experience that she's gone through, and educate herself, heal through it, work through the trauma, own and accept all of her experiences to truly find the purpose that she's here for. So through Dangerous Pussy, I put together this program to help other people find their power the same way that I have. And the name actually came while we were in Peru. <laughs> when you said it in Peru, what happened? We, we were all sitting there because, of course, we unpacked the experiences. When you go to ayahuasca experiences with us, when you go on retreats with us, we give you the opportunity to unfold your soul and unpack the things that you're experiencing. That's why you want to go with a Sherpa or with a spiritual community or with someone who has already done this and who is uh, initiated in the magical arts and sciences and can support you in unpacking what just happened. Because a lot of things happen that are unexplicable, uh, inexplicable, and, and that and probably have never happened to you before or in you before. And so we have these sessions where everyone gets to unpack that stuff. And when we were, we were in one of those sessions, and you said dangerous pussy, and what happened? So I was scared to say it because <laughs> you said, I, so every time we were there, especially while we were, we were on Clubhouse, everybody would um, shuffle and pull tarot cards themselves to have you know their personal guided wisdom, and then we had a collective card together. So I kept drawing cards that would say, my career is about to change. You're going to have a lot of fun. You're, <laughs> I was like, wait, what's about to happen? <laughs> and so um, through the second Anawaska experience, I received all this instruction about how to set it up, about my process, about my journey. And just so everybody knows, if you join the mystery school, you must be serious. I found that it really challenged my commitment, my priority of self, and how bad I truly wanted it. So you must be serious because you're going to have challenges. You're going to have resistance. You're going to have something telling you you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're taking away from other people and other things when you putting too much energy into yourself. And that's bullshit. Overall, it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. <laughs> it's total bullshit. Yet we have eaten it for so long because we're in a matrix, also known as Babylon. And the matrix... It wants nothing more than your energy. It needs your energy to live. And so it will, I heard someone call it the snake bite. Uh, they want you to take a snake bite. They want you to get a job. They want to uh, school you in a government-run facility. They want you to eat the food that they poisoned with certain additives. They want you to uh, be on a device all day. They want you to be distracted. All of this so that you will not be in your power and direct your energy as a god the way you choose to direct your energy. Now, if you stay scattered, well, they can just suck all your energy straight from you because they need energy. The matrix needs energy. And if the 8 billion people on the planet 
decide to be gods, the whole game is over. Right? That's right. That's right. And so we were sitting there, and, you know, by the um, fireplace, and we were just like, okay, I said, what would you call this program? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, yes, you do, because higher self is what you want to talk. <laughs> you know, people love to say, I don't know, but it's like, well, ask the knower. You know how we say, I don't need to know, I know the knower. How about we ask the knower? What is it? Uh huh. And so I closed my eyes and I asked her herself, and I immediately heard Dangerous Pussy. And I thought to myself, first I thought, oh, hell no. That is higher self, always giving you something that's gonna take you into supernova status, or you know, it's it's just so it's so mind blowing the things that higher self says, and so super scary to the lower human self that we're like, oh no no no, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that. Yes, and so um, so I so I told you guys what I heard, and you let me know. You said, well, you heard from spirit, we're in Peru. We're gonna watch you do it. <laughs> Girl, that is it because we were in a no lie zone. You can't even breathe, so you know you ain't gonna make up a lie. <laughs> That's right. That's you right. can't even it's not it's enough oxygen going to you for you to keep consciousness, and even I passed out once. So it's not like you have a whole lot of energy, your defenses are down. You can't fight. We just drank some ayahuasca. You can't lie, pretty much, right? And it's bringing up all your stuff. So when it brings forward Mother Ayahuasca, and, and Mother Ayahuasca is, of course, a plant medicine that a plant teacher that I call the dean of plant teachers, right? Some are really kind plant teachers. She will kick your behind, right? Uh, the dean of plant medicines. Well, and just like Ibogaine, Ibogaine is up there the same way with a, like a dean experience of plant medicines. Whereas when we go uh, for the spring equinox, when we go to the Bahamas, we're going to be having a shrooms experience, which is magic mushrooms. And magic mushrooms are so gentle and so kind. And, you know, you don't do all the throwing up and all the, you know, and you don't have to go to Peru and be way up on the top of a mountain and lose oxygen. Yet, all those things go together. So this new year of students that are coming into the mystery school now, these, these new incredible students coming into the mystery school, these witches and magical beings, they have um, also a requirement. And of course, the requirement is that they have to be at their initiation and they also have to go to one retreat and they will be doing plant medicine as well. Their plant medicine will be shrooms, magic mushrooms. So the beauty of... Um, these experiences when you go out of yourself is you get access to this information. So Mother Ayahuasca gave you dangerous pussy or higher self gave you dangerous pussy through the Ayahuasca experience and everything that was going on. Then what? How did everybody react to it? So it was, it was actually quite fun. Everybody was quite like surprised and happy. And then um, I spent quite a bit of time with um, I think it was Dr. King Ujo and Janaina. And every single time we kept the conversation kept going back to sex. They said, I see you just light up when you talk about sex. And I'm like, That's your jam. That is your jam. (laughs) Sex is your thing. Yes. Yes. Um, it's been a constant thing. You know, I had a cousin who when I was younger, throughout my life, it's been a constant thing. Um, she was a, a professional stripper and my mother was very controlling, and let, let me say this because 
important. I love my mom unconditionally no matter what. And I know that every single thing that I experienced through my mother, I was supposed to in order to bring me to the place of who I am today. And I love my mom. Well said. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But she didn't teach me a lot of things about being a woman, about being feminine, because she was experiencing so much pain herself. So my mother had me young. Um, I was able to witness her have her journey and be able to gleam and ask myself, what am I learning from this? What is this teaching me? What is this showing me? I was that type of child. And so um, my mother, once I let her know, I said, Mom, I think I had sex. <laughs> wow. So after the, when you were 11 years old, and it, was this pain, was this experience painful? Was it bewildering? Was it, I don't know what in the world is happening? Was what was happening for your 11 year old self with this 17 year old dude? Uh huh. Surprisingly, it wasn't painful. I was just completely confused. It's <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. What I'm leading up to say is that um, once I became a teenager, we got to a point in my life where um, my parents, I, I still don't know how they were struggling so financially because they both worked, both had cars, both had a house, but we didn't have food to eat. And so she told me that two men were going to come over and that we were going to have sex with them in my bedroom. And I remember thinking... And how old were you at this point? And she said it to you just that calmly, like it wasn't a strange thing. Was this a normal kind of thing or what made this, how did she have the conversation with you about this? She said it just like that. Yes. She had, she said it very casually, like she was making dinner and was talking about a song or something. It was very casual. Okay. And what did you Mm -hmm. Continue. To me, it was just like, okay, well, this is my mom. This is what she's telling me to do. I never had this feeling of having a very strong ego, having a very strong identity of self. I did what I was told to do, or else I got beat down. (laughs) That's that's how it was growing up. So you didn't really have... Okay. So you didn't have any objection to it, because the way she put it to you was like, eating a snack, like eat your snack. Sex this man. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so the men came over and um, I know my mom's going to be angry because I was the way I was, the way I was raised. You don't tell our business, but this really happened to me. This was a real experience, real trauma. And I remember I reached out to my aunt, um, Diane, and I told her about it. I was an adult when I told her about it, but she asked me, she said, you didn't think it was wrong or strange? Like, you didn't think to tell anybody? And I said, no. Like, my mother had traumatized me to the point where I didn't do what she said. I expected to get beat up. To the point where I remember I was 10 years old, and she told me that if I didn't worship and love Jesus, she was going to keep punching me. That's how I was raised. So when my mother asked me that question, like, you didn't think it was strange? Like, your mom's bringing men to your bedroom to have sex with them. She's telling you to have sex with a man. She's having sex in front of you. No, to me, it was normal. And that would not be strange because when you go into many households of people that have experienced these kinds of things, they don't know that what they're growing up with is strange or out of the norm until they see that other people don't have those experiences. 
and until you get older and you start to see, I mean, we can't expect innocent children to understand the world and how they're supposed to be reared. We can't expect children to understand that. So all you knew was what had occurred in your household. And if you don't do, she ruled with an iron fist. If you don't do what she said, then beat down. saw kids in school, they would try to help kids out and whatnot, until it really came on the radar screen, hey, we need to step up and really offer support to people if you see children coming to school like that. And as a matter of fact, they say that's where a lot of things are revealed, like neglect and even kids needing glasses. A lot of times that's revealed in school when they start trying to read or some other experience. And I'm not saying it's school. I'm saying it's community, because in the village, now the the equivalent to that from where I'm from is the village, right, in Africa. The village is the, the community around you is an added layer of protection if the community is based on universal laws and principles, not if the community is warped and they're all abusers, you know, and a community of abusers would just be more abuse. So... I can get what you're saying, that you would not have known that some of these things, other than the inner knowing, was there something inside you saying, mm-mm? Honestly, no. I think that for me, it was mainly like, well, let me back up. So around the time I was around my cousin, who was a professional stripper, she would share with me, you know, Oh, you, your body's so nice. I didn't know what she was talking about. Your body's so nice. You should try on some of these clothes. She would tell me the stories about how her and her friends would get raped and everything. And during that time, I think it was a solid six months, I had no idea where my mother or father was. They both got to a point in their journeys where they both just left for six months. And it was just me and my brother at my aunt's house. So. And your aunt was the caretaker for you and your brother at yes. that time? Okay. Yes. And so I did learn um, later, my mother, she went by the name Queen Bee all the time. She's Queen Bee. She's Queen Bee, very fabulous woman, very strong, solid woman, but scary woman, scary as hell. <laughs> she's not that tall, tall, but she's scary. I actually learned that a lot of the trauma that I experienced from my mother was her trying to cope, understand, and handle her own trauma. So, at 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 around the time where she basically told me I was going to have sex with these two men who were going to come to my room, which I later learned were Detroit police officers, she lied to them about my age. That wouldn't be surprising because if you saw the Netflix special about the priest that was raping the girls in school, which is a common, once again, a common 
uh, experience of priests uh, raping girls and boys that the priest was so highly connected that he was uh, paying, of course, of course, he was somehow paying off the police department and that the, the police would come and have sex. This, this priest would set it up in this all-girls school for the police officers to come have sex with the girls as well. He, he would set it up. The priest was sort of like, not only was he abusing the girls, he was also pimping them. So we're not saying this to say that all police are like that because there are, I'm sure, the majority of police would not have gone for something like that and probably would have shut it down. There are some that they depicted it as well in the show. There are some that were also involved in that. So I understand. I mean, it's not, this is not the first time I've heard of something like that, I guess I'm saying. Yes. She had actually told them that I was 18, but because my body had developed the way that it did, I guess they believed her. And so my I question is, even if they believed her or not, wonder what two grown men were doing. What was the story on their end? That they were coming to somebody's house to have sex with their daughter. Even if the daughter was 18, and even if it wasn't illegal, what were they thinking in their mind was going on? Do, do you have any idea or not really? Um, not really, because this is actually the first time I've been public about it. So I, 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 not really, I haven't put that much thought into it. I just know that it happened. Um, I was told to be quiet about it. And I think after everything was over, I remember me and her walking to the store to buy food for the house. That was it. So Never talking about it again. Okay, so really they were going, they were giving money for a sexual experience with someone they were told was 18, but hey, if she wasn't 18, hey, we're the cops, so we're not arresting nobody, obviously. So after the experience, your mom got the money and y'all went to get the food. Yes. You know what this reminds me of as well? I, I've been to India, and in India, this is one of the reasons why I love traveling the globe, and I love listening to all different kinds of people's experiences, because then you start to understand that we're a family, a human family, and we have many of the same experiences, and we're never alone. In India, something very similar to this is happening, that the poverty, the poorest of the poor, sell the girls into the, the brothel, what we would call a brothel over here, sell the girls into brothels so that the family can eat, so that the family can even survive. It is not the thing to do, yet this happens. This happens that people sell things so that the family can live. And they don't, obviously they don't see any other way out. And so what we have before us, this is why the work that I do on the planet is so profound. When Spirit said to me, I said, uh, you know, y'all know in my heart and soul, if you know me for any period of time, you know that child trafficking and, and humans uh, and sex slavery is something to end in my lifetime. That has been with me for many years. And I asked how to, how to end something like this. And Spirit the angels gave me the answer many years ago, and that's what I stuck with. I stuck with the answer that the angels gave me. He said it's because 
women are walking around, not just women, many of us, women, men, sisters, brothers, and others, are walking around with hurt little children inside of us. Therefore, our collective consciousness is outpicturing hurt children. Well, how, how, how do we solve this, angels? How do we heal it? How do we end it? By healing the same, the same thing that, that is for everything. Go within. We don't end it by taking a picket sign to the streets. Now, there are people that do that. And there are wonderful people that also help people in experiences of child trafficking, human trafficking, and people who take, you know, supplies to people who are sex workers and that help and support people. And there, there are all different kinds of people called to handle this on the planet. And there are some of us that are called to handle it by doing the work with people, each person, to clear up our inner well. And I see you clearing up your inner well might have saved five, ten, a thousand girls from being sold into a brothel. We don't know energetically what it's doing. We do know that we live in a pool of consciousness and that when you heal, I'm never healed alone. When you heal something, you clear it. You cleared it for all of us on some level. Yes? Yes. Yes. I've never looked at it like that, but yeah. Yeah. I just know that for so long, I always felt like if I said something, I would be hurting my mom, betraying my mom. My mom would go to jail. I couldn't say anything. And there were moments in her life where she felt extreme guilt. And so she would take me to a therapist, but I knew if I said anything, something would happen to my mom. So I just never said anything. But yes, I've never looked at it like that. Thank you. For sure. And congratulations to you for that stroke of inspiration. You know, when that fire lights in our spirit, I'm like, woo, all lit up. When I saw what you had shared online, I was like, woo. Because spirit empowers us and emboldens us to speak, to give voice to what has been locked up inside the caverns of our consciousness for decades, sometimes lifetimes over lifetimes, to let it out, not pouring it on other people, blaming other people, to give voice to it and to say, this was my experience. This is how I unfolded it. This is how, what I learned from it. And this is why I love my whole journey. And you can, and this is how I'm winning. And I'm on my Mount Everest peak and how you can too. I mean, that's badass. Congratulations. Because too many people don't want to speak it. Oh my goodness, this happened, that happened. So many women I've talked to don't speak it. They don't speak it. They don't speak it to a therapist. You're not supposed to get on social media and just shout out blah, all your stuff. I'm talking to the I'm talking about to the appropriate people that can support you in moving through the experiences you have had. As you did, I say, and I watched you do the work and I was like, whoo! I see, hold on, hold on. It was sometimes it looked like you were on a roller coaster ride. Go. It 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 looked dicey there for a while, didn't it? Emotional roller coaster. <laughs> yes. 
but you did it. You held on. I was like, ooh, I see. Hold on. I see. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> wow. Wow. experiences from the men from the 17 year old from the it was a layering effect yes that these things that we experienced in childhood and growing up it's not just one thing this was multiple things that your energetic body had to process yes yes and it led to like I've, I've, I've gone through everything where I thought I was crazy I checked myself in the psych ward I did the whole, the whole thing, and I remember even trying different medications, like, okay, well, my emotions are too sensitive, they're too strong, I don't want to feel them, and all that did was put everything I was feeling into my dreams, <laughs> so I actually started having, like, these weird nightmares where my, my mother was just chasing me around the room, like, not hitting me or hurting me, just chasing me, but that was where, how, that was how I learned that I had PTSD. That's very powerful because a lot of that probably wouldn't have come out unless we had opened some of those doors, like with plant medicine, opening the doors with uh, travel. Travel is a big trigger for old stuff to come up and out. Trapped emotions, trapped energies, inner child stuff. Uh, A lot of that, uh, you you did the work. You did the work. You know, all I can do is the best I can do as a Sherpa and as a mentor and a teacher and a guide. That's all I can do. And a Sherpa can do nothing if the person doesn't do it. Each person is doing their own work. And that's all you're required to do. Your work. And, you know, a guide can only guide. They can't do it. So all the credit when you stand at the top of your Everest is the I am presence as you because you did the work. Therefore, you earned the prize. You know, I see a lot of people that back down. They, they get afraid. They meet their feelings and they run. Um, they run. You didn't run. You handled it like a spiritual gangster. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so grateful for the mystery school because you you made sure we heard face your fears, face your stuff. You are 100% responsible for your own life. So if you are not happy with your life, you have the power to change it. And for me, I don't know if everybody saw my post um, on my Facebook page under, I think it's called Miss Icy Kendrick, but I got to a point where like I've heard so many things over the years I think I was 8 years old when I found out that well, where my mother 
my parents separated for the first time when I was eight years old. And I was crying because I was such a huge daddy's girl. And she said, I don't even know why you're crying. He's not even your real father anyway. And I remember thinking, Whoa, what, what a way to find yeah. out. Whoa. Yes. So there was a man that kept visiting who I, he looks a lot like my cousin Rodney. So I thought they were the same person. I'm a, I'm a small kid. And so I learned that that same man that was visiting was actually my biological father. So I took, um, when I was 24 years old, me and him decided to get a DNA test because he kept saying, I'm your father. He looks just like me. I think we're the same height. <laughs> and my mother kept saying, no, he's gay. He's homosexual. He like men. He, he's not your father. He just wanted your father because he want me. But like, just because a person is, is gay doesn't mean they can't have children. Exactly. Exactly. And um, to this day, she still says he's not my bio- biological father. Although I've taken the DNA test. I've met my relatives. They're my family. So when I what led me to posting what I posted on Facebook was being completely frustrated and just feeling like like I've had conversations in the past with my biological father. His name is Isaiah Stovall. But let me say this first, I am grateful for my stepfather, Alfonso Howard, who raised me because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have any spiritual foundation or basis. He was ordained to raise me, so I'm grateful for him. But I spoke with my biological father, and he said that if he could, he would just drive throughout the city of Detroit screaming, that's my child, so that I wouldn't have to carry that pain of having to hide it for so long. And so I was talking wow. to my brother. That's, that's yes. heavy. <laughs> yes, um, I had to hide it because my mother, apparently when I was born, there was a big issue. Everybody could see, they're like, that's not his child. And, so it was, it was everything to do with my mother, nothing to do with me and how I personally felt. So um, I was mostly trained to be used in that way. And so um, I was talking to my brother and I said, why did you disappear? Why were you so away from the family? What's going on? What happened? And then he started to tell me some things. Um, I think it's already on the Facebook post. He said that our, uh, that our father that raised us had started raping and molesting him when he was three years old. And I'm thinking back, like, you didn't say anything to me. As close as we were, you didn't say anything. I think we're 18 months apart. And so he said that he tried to, and he would, like, drop signs. And then he said something, because I was trying to, I was trying to decide within myself, because my stepfather denies it. He says, my brother's insane, he's schizophrenic, he's lying. You can't believe anything he says. But then again, this is my brother, the person that we're 18 months apart. We've been together all this time. What reason would he have to lie to me, especially to me? Why, why would he lie? So he told me, he said he had been telling our mother all this time, and she kept telling him that he was lying. And what he was saying wasn't true. And so I remember one time specifically, because I was a huge, huge daddy's girl. Um, my dad there got back together and I think I was walking to my bedroom or something my mother stopped me and asked me have you, has your father ever sexually touched you and I was so shocked and mortified that I actually I stopped hugging my father because I didn't want her to think that so when he, my brother told that to me that's immediately what I thought about because I felt like 
Where did that question come from? Why was she asking? She, she has some kind of suspicion of something. Yes. Yes, because I distinctly remember I was like, well, why would she think that? Okay, maybe we're too close. I'm gonna stop hugging my dad. I'll just wave to him. I did that for years. I stopped hugging him. And so when my brother said, he said that our father would be depressed and sad, and the way he dealt with it would be to drink a bottle of Jack Daniels and then hurt him. And so my brother, that's that's my only brother from my mother. That's my stepfather's only son. And so I'm like, this is this is how you just you just left. You could have just told us. I would have believed you. I believe you now. So it's a war right now because a lot of the family is split and they're like, well, who do we believe? And the one thing that I know for sure, I know what I experienced. I know what happened to me. And I know everybody saw the bloody eyes, the black eyes. They they saw it. So for so much to be going on with my brother and him, I'm not seeing it. I'm not noticing it. Straight A student all the way to his senior of high school at Cass Tech University here in Detroit, Michigan. His senior year, he went from straight A's from kindergarten to senior year, and then everything's just F's. He, like he just completely shut down, lost it, didn't go to college, didn't do nothing. And I'm just like, why? What happened? And he finally told and I just said, at that point, my mom was saying he was crazy too. He's lying. And I said, you know what? I'm putting it on you. No, no, everybody's not lying. Everybody can't be lying on you. And I know what I personally experienced. So I took a stand and I believe my brother. And you know, it's very fascinating that rather than get to the truth, people would rather argue and have drama. Right? And rather than get to the experience of having people have the support they require to be their full self, some people would rather shun people. It's very fascinating. But the key is this, that it coming out now is part of the journey for the healing of the whole family. This, this is an opportunity. Yes, Christ is an opportunity of the same. That this is an opportunity for the family to come together and love and find out what happened and support all the members. Obviously, if the stepfather did this, the stepfather needs help too. Everybody needs help. Obviously, your mother probably needs help. Well, your mother does need help if she is willing to accept it. I mean, we all need help. I can't speak for anyone else. This is an opportunity to get it, get it all straight, clean house. Because how many of us grew up in dark houses? Houses where all manner of darkness was going on that was never spoken of. So this is, a, this is an opportunity. The universe is revealing things so that they can be cleaned up, addressed, so that people can get the support they require spiritually, spiritually mentally, emotionally, physically. Apparently, your mother, what kind of childhood did she have? I don't know. It must have probably been pretty hellacious for her to have uh, been experiencing, you know, for her to be uh, engaging in what she was engaged in. And we don't know people's journeys, so we certainly can't speak for anyone. I do know this. I do know there's a solution. 
and that we can get to solutions for people rather than shaming people, out, ousting people, outcasting people. We can get to solutions. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get to the solution. Let's clean and, it up. Yeah. And there's also something that we learned in the mystery school. You know, there's a, uh, when we started to dive into A Course in Miracles, um, we talked about how, and I'm trying to think exactly how, I don't remember how it was worded, but it's basically where whatever trauma, the age you experience that trauma within your own children, it will trigger the memory of that trauma. And so with my mother, I'm so grateful that she is in therapy right now. That's why I'm, I'm loving on her. Oh, that's yes, beautiful. That's but beautiful. she is in therapy. <laughs> I do know for a fact that at, so at the age of 14 was what I went through with her. When she was 14, she was actually forced to go through an, a full abortion at that age. So she has her own traumas that I know trigger other things. And so she has a lot to heal and work through. And I personally feel like the more people are honest about what has happened or what needs to be healed, it can help other people to start having the same conversations and bring forth their healing. So I, I agree with everything you said, Brother Valerie. This is such a tremendous journey of the soul that all of us are on. That's why the self-love is required. You must love yourself so much. Because this shit is hard. Cleaning up our stuff. Now, of course, we were innocent kids and all these things were unfolding. We weren't responsible for that. What you are responsible for as a 33-year-old, a 40-something-year-old, a 50 or 60, 70-year-old is the state of your consciousness now. That's what we must say. Okay, all these things happened and they happened to many, many, many people. None of us are alone in our suffering. Unfortunately, this is a suffering planet. And we get to have compassion, deep love for self that would cause us to excavate these horrible feelings. They do have to come up and out. And most people are afraid of their feelings, so they won't let them come up and out. The way out is through. I haven't found another way. The way out is through. So if you cannot bring that stuff up or if you're not in a safe space to do it or you don't have the tools or you don't have the support, get it. That's the most loving thing you could do. For a while, I was in a spiritual community. I had a spiritual life coach and I was in a program and I was getting mental health um, counseling all at the same time. That's what I required. Get it. Whatever you require to be your fullest self, your best self, to ascend and be able to talk about these things now as Icy can talk about. She can talk about them. Why? Because she walked through them. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall feel no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, these comfort me. So there is no reason to be concerned walking through the valley of the shadow of death within your own consciousness. It says it's the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say it's death. It's their shadows. And we must go into the shadow and excavate and clear this. And oh, I'm a master at that. Mystery school is, yeah, that's my jam. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Continue, I see. Yes, so um, I, so right after we, um, right before we got to Peru, I actually got a brand new client 
um, who was a, actually a sex trauma therapist. I didn't know until after I got back from Peru that that's what she did. And I was just like, what? There goes the sex again. <laughs> you can't get away from your destiny. You can't get away from your destiny. Yes, she's actually um, someone that goes and she does like annual speeches about sexual trauma. And so I was just thinking about the entire thing, like, wow, the name, the experiences, someone that specializes in it. So she's actually joined in with my book. She's helping put the things into my book. She's working with me. So everything's just been taken off. Wow. What's next? Dangerous Pussy. Is this something that people can join as a program? So the book is coming. And then uh, now you are a fully unleashed, realized being, a witch out of hiding. You were in the church. You were were, were a natural medium and a powerful witch. Uh, We didn't talk a whole lot about the church aspect, which you've spoken of quite a bit uh, in some of our rooms. Uh, How did you come out? How did you come out of hiding, being afraid of the family, taking a stand, and now you're out in the world doing your powerful witchcraft, magic? How did you do that? Well, you did prepare us after Peru. You said integration would take about 40 days, 40, 45 days. I'm not going to lie, mine is still happening. <laughs> so is mine. Peru is so mind blowing. I'm like, okay, it was a lot. Yes, yes, it was intense. It was a lot. I definitely got my intention was I said I wanted change. And if I really look at all the things that I feared, this is what I'm doing exactly right now is the biggest thing I've ever feared, which was telling the truth about the hell I grew up in the hell that I experienced that molded me to be the fierce goddess warrior that I am today. In fact, I've actually received some threats and messages like, you better not go in there saying this, you better not go in there saying that. And I said, oh, I guess that's what I'm about to do. (laughs) All right then. You know, are they telling me not to say it? Then that's the thing that I must say. Yeah. Yes. How do you muster the courage to walk this path? This path takes so much courage. This path takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage, because especially for me, I'm a very um, experimental type of person, so I like to feel spirit, feel the experience, feel what I'm doing. If I don't feel passionate about it, I'm probably not going to do it very long, because I am a Mars Sagittarius. That's we want the fuck. Okay. <laughs> so once I got back, um, immediately everybody was just like, "You got to stop everything. You have to quit this. You must come back to this church. Your soul's going to go to hell. Save your children. Give your children a chance. They're going to go to hell." And I'm just like, "Wow, wow." And I, for the longest, I've just been, "What am I going to do as a mother? How is this going to impact my children?" And I realized for 13 years, I've raised them by myself. I've raised them without friends or family. I've raised them to be critical, independent thinkers, somebody that understands that when you go to school, it's actually setting you up for how easy your job is going to be in the future. (laughs) That's how I've raised them. 
my children, you know, they get bonus money for reading self-help books. They get bonus money for writing the reports about it. It's just, once I got to the point of putting it out there on Facebook and saying, this is what happened. I was scared to death. I was terrified. I think I messaged you, Dr. B. <laughs> Yeah, it, it takes a village, I tell you. You got, you got to know you got your posse and some strong witches in your corner that'll be like, ain't a thing. Don't worry about the muggles, baby. Go right ahead and live your life. Yes, yes. I was scared shitless, but I said, you know what? It is what it is. It is what it is. The worst that somebody can actually do is what? Stop talking to me. I, I still must be who I am. I still must stand in my truth. I still must know that the direction that I'm going in is for me and not because somebody else made me, told me, or forced me. This is what I said yes to, and that is myself and my own happiness. So that continues to push me through, along with my team. <laughs> you know, spiritual community, you cannot overstate spirit. You cannot underestimate or overstate the impact and the necessity of powerful spiritual community on this path. I wouldn't be doing what I was doing now if I wasn't firmly planted in spiritual community. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the fortitude. We are not created to be loners. We are not. Even though the powers that be may want to try to divide and conquer, leave you alone for a long time, what happened? We have problems, lots of problems from people being alone. You are not meant to be alone. You are not meant to face all these things alone. Yes, you must face your shit. You must face your demons. You must go in and do your shadow work. You must be responsible for your own consciousness. You must make your own magic. Yes. Right? But no one said you had to do it by yourself. Yes, yes. Yeah. So though there are things that only you can do, knowing I got a posse, I'm one WhatsApp message away from getting some help, getting some words of appreciation, getting some energy flowing my way. I mean, priceless. Y'all, everybody in this room and everybody on the podcast, you better run to the mystery school. Don't walk, run. Whether you think you need it or not, because I guarantee you, you need it. If you're hearing this, you need it. Whether you think you need it or not. Why do you think I'm in the mystery school? Because I need it. (laughs) I haven't graduated yet. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. So I see, what's... What can people, how can people get in contact with you? How can they find out about your deliciousness and receive your, you know, this seems like powerful work for people, especially people that have any kind of sexual experience that was traumatic. It also seems like it's great for people that want to realize their full sexual potential, especially because if you grew up in a Christianity experience, you might have gotten some mixed messages around sex. Might There might be sexual repression. I had to just release myself over the years, so much sexual repression, especially in the witness world, because I grew up in the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses, and they taught that um, you weren't supposed to do nothing but missionary. If you sucked a dick, it, it was a problem. 
if you had anal, it was a problem. If you did anything other than a penis into a vagina, it was a problem. Now, how people can be can let themselves be controlled such that even what they do in their bedroom, I'm talking about between a husband and a wife, which you would think is between those people. Any people in relationships, you would think that what they do by mutual consent among adults in that relationship, like people know how to have a code word, pineapples or whatever, people know what they will and will not do. Oh, no, no, no. The religion told you what you will and will not do. And if you sucked a dick, that was, a, that was an offense. If you sucked your husband's dick, you would have to go, that was an offense. The husband wouldn't even let you suck his dick. Is that crazy? Like, what is happening here? So, girl, that is cray cray. And I don't like to call religions crazy. I don't like to judge because crazy is a judgment. I'm going to use the judgment in this instance. I'm going to say that that is not natural. It's not natural. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to be controlled so much that what you do between consenting adults, willing consenting partners, you know, adults, partners, that there is some other entity that is ruling that. It's very fascinating how people allow themselves to be controlled like that. We got another high priest initiate on stage with us. Divine Lady in her side, what do you want to say in this conversation? We're, we're recording for the Christian Witches Podcast. Everyone, the podcast will be out tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Christian Witches Podcast, which is at christianwitches.com. And tap on initiation to find out about this new group of witches that are coming in now for initiation. And tap on podcasts for the podcast. And tap on events for the rituals so you can be with us in December. Next month. Well, not next month yet. Tomorrow's November 1st. It'll be next month. You'll be with us at our next retreat. And also tap on books so you can find out more about the books. And also go up to the top of this room and tap on the greenhouse and be a member of the club. Divine Lady in her song, also known as Queen Vashti, High Priestess of the Temple of Mayotte in the Christian Witches Mystery School. How you loving? How you loving? I am loving so beautifully. I am so elated. I see. I see. Congratulations. You are, you did it, mama. You did it. I am so happy. I am so happy and elated that I was able to get into the room and experience this awesome revelation, this awesome coming out, this awesome releasing of your soul. You're a badass girl. And I know excitement is judgment, but (laughs) I'm so happy. Your initiation in December that it, this is just a, an amazing unfolding and I really just wanted to congratulate you on doing the work and absorbing all the valuable tools that we received during mystery 
support each other. You know, everything is not rainbows and skittles, as uh, Dr. Jatea Wiley says. No, we do the work, and we have wonderful experiences as well. And these are these this 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 training this this remembering because you are all you already have tools. You just don't remember that you have them. So being in mystery school and being a student of the Hermetics is a remembering of the tools that you were given when you came to this realm to do the great work of the alchemy, the alchemy of the soul. Uh, so these are invaluable tools. And Peru was definitely a huge experience for all of us. We're all still integrating Peru and um, this this sex thing is huge uh, the abuse the you know just the different aspects of the abuse and the abuser it just seems like so many people have had these experiences and just recently uh, a couple of days ago I had, a, I had an experience and I had to reach back and I had to grab those tools that we've been learning and remembering about and I had to use those tools to be able to pick this whole experience apart and when it was all said and done it was my inner child crying out for help from a sexual experience so this is all so amazing I'm so glad to be here today and I definitely thank Coach for all the work that she's doing on the planet man I'm happy to be in this room Wow, Queen Vashti, and you heard there the power. You can you can hear the ashe in her voice as she speaks. Queen Vashti, what happened in the room when uh, you were in the room when Icy said "dangerous pussy"? What happened? Oh my goodness! It was like oh, oh, oh Icy, really? <laughs> we were all floored, like you know, we were excited about it. We were. We were like, oh my God, he's really gonna do it? Dangerous but I mean it was it was a grand moment to be sure. It was a grand moment. And now y'all have tears coming to my eyes because in what I do I get to see flowers unfold. That that's what I get to see. And I love y'all so much because you let me in. You let me do what I do. You had to let it happen, right? You you can't land here by accident. You know, I sit at retreats and I see people walk in one way and like, wow. And I see them go home a different way. And it's like, this is the most... There are no words for it. I have a front row seat to seeing people unfold their soul. Wow. It's, it's an intimate front row seat. Like... I know some things that happen, you know, that we don't talk about them publicly with Icy and with Divinely Nersog and with, like, what you hear is the part we're talking about. It's those silent battles that you don't hear about, the things that people deal with in their lives that they're not talking about also publicly. And I watched Joel just go through so many battles and you kept going. You know, I am... I'm, I'm overwhelmed with joy. I'm overwhelmed with joy. 
at your shining stars. No longer hiding, no no broom closets around here. Out in the world doing big scary shit. Yeah, big girl draws on, big big person draws on. Out in the world doing big scary shit. Dangerous pussy, Christian witches, all of that. A workplace voodoo. You know, Dr. B, when she got that book in Bali, workplace voodoo, workplace voodoo. Oh my God. Well, that's what she, that is it. Weren't you the one that told her that, Queen Vashti? I think you were the one that said workplace voodoo. Was that you? And surrounding yourself with these holy mirrors, especially if you're magical, especially if you're magical. I don't know not one magical person that's not in some kind of coven, not in some kind of uh, magical temple, some kind of the greatest magicians have two things. They had a magician or a great witch wizard warlock that passed on this charge to them. And they also are in some kind of coven, temple, working magical group, something. I don't know magical people that are good at what they do, that are just doing it by themselves. Yes, I know solo practitioners. I was a solo practitioner for a very long time. And I would even say that solo practitioners are still calling on some kind of group force because they're calling on the ancestors. They're calling on the angels. They're still not doing it by yourself. Even as a solo practitioner, you're still not operating by yourself. It's impossible to be by yourself in this universe, full of entities and beings. and uh, continue. Things like they are, and so and so did this, and so 
I said that better. Does any now I know we've been here for two hours. This has been a delicious conversation. Before we go, does anyone in the audience have any questions for Icy, the medium? This was Icy's day, all about Icy and breaking out of the old ascension about sexual trauma and turning it into dangerous pussy. Obviously, you had a dangerous pussy all along because everybody wanted it. <laughs> wow. Okay, someone uh, had their hair raised. It's Tracy. Tracy! Oh my goodness, Tracy. We haven't talked since we were in Sedona. Tracy! I just got the God bumps. Everybody who doesn't know, Tracy is my sister from way back in the 80s when I was still in the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, this is when I say home team, I mean like home team from like way back. I mean way back before I was Reverend Valerie Love, way back when I was Sister Evans knocking on doors. Okay? <laughs> Go, Tracy. We're going to see you soon. By the way, family, when we go in December for the winter solstice, for three, four days, we'll be in Virginia Beach for the winter solstice, doing our ritual on the beach and getting you ready for an incredible 2022. And we'll have you back at home before Christmas because it's over on the 22nd. It's right here in the United States, so you don't have to go very far. You can even drive to Virginia if you wanted to and be back to your family. We're over on Wednesday and Christmas isn't until that Saturday. So you got plenty of time to do the ritual. The ritual's on Tuesday which is the winter solstice. We must honor the solstices and the equinoxes, the full moon and, and the new moon. It reminds us of our cosmic connection to all that is. And while we're in um, Virginia Beach this time, we're going to be going back to the Association for Research and Enlightenment and also co-chairing this retreat, co-leading this retreat with me is the initiated high priestess, Queen Vashti. And uh, her and Harmony is our person who takes care on our team of uh, these incredible accommodations. So she got us some, Harmony got us the incredible accommodations. For front, um, we're beachfront. We will be on the beach. You know us, witches. We're always on the beaches or by the river or up on the mountain or by the fire. We're always doing something like that, medicine wheel or something. And uh, Queen Vashti, anything you want to say about the ritual? Because you're going to be leading the ritual as a high priestess, initiated high priestess. Anything you want to say about the ritual?
but you may get a little wet, okay? So yeah, come out and hang out with us and let's do some fabulous things. And you know, um, well, Reverend Val can't promise you that that you won't get wet because I don't know, spirit might take you and dunk you in the water. I don't know what it might do, but (laughs) you'll be safe. You'll be safe, whatever happens, because we're always safe. We're always safe. You're good. And we're going to the Edgar Casey Research for Association for yeah. Research and Enlightenment. Do you love that? Yes. I do love that. And um, yes, bring your bring your um, funds and everything because they have a beautiful little gift shop where you can purchase items. Uh, if you don't know about Edgar Casey, uh, please definitely reach uh, research him. Just say yes. That's really all our job is to do. Yes. Say yes to whatever spirit puts in front of you. Just say yes. And yes. yes. <laughs> I got to give it to all you brave souls on stage because all you brave souls have said yes. Tracy also flew, left her home, flew all the way out to Sedona. And it was questionable because it was work and not knowing what was going on with work. And it was the global experience that we were having in 2020. And she made it happen. And she came out there and hung in the community, you know, in Sedona for those days for the Epic Manifestation Retreat. Tracy, we got that picture of us on um Climbing up the mountain, remember? I loved it. I loved it. And you know, I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm going to make that happen. Yay! Oh, that's beautiful. We will be so happy to see you. Oh my goodness. And Tracy keeps it real, okay? Tracy is from New York. She is a straight up New Yorker. Keeps it real. It, it, what you see is what you get. You know, Tracy is just real people, you know, just real good people. My mom would call people like that salt of the earth, you know, good people. So I'm so thankful for all of y'all. I don't know why I feel teary. I just do. It's Sunday inspiration. And we're surrounded by love. We're surrounded by so many souls that love us and that we love them. It's nothing like community. 
nothing like high vibration community. And magical community, oh, game over. <laughs> right? Everybody in this room and everybody listening to this podcast can do magic. Game over. Thank you, Icy, so much. Icy, what's your website? We're going to link it in the show notes, too. We're going to link your stuff, all your good, good deliciousness in the show notes. What's your website? Thank you. Uh, my website is icythemedium.com. Um, actually, you'll be able to pre-order your tickets to go ahead and sign up for our classes and the retreat for Dangerous Pussy at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. So you can book online, get your tickets at icythemedium.com. And thank you, everybody, for everything that you've said. Thank you for the support, love, and strength. I would have never, ever would have said I was brave, courageous, or bold. But you know what? I know without a shadow of a doubt, that's a fact. (laughs) Oh, it's a fact. (laughs) Oh, it is a fact. You are badass. That is a fact. We've seen it. Yep. So thank you all because you've really changed my life. Not just my life, but my children's lives. And speaking it into existence, my family's life. So thank you. Thank you all. Oh, we thought thanks for this. Family, thank you so much for being here. Go to ChristianWitches.com. Make sure to tap the little greenhouse at the top and follow the Christian Witches Club. We have some riveting conversations in here. You can be magical and have your Bible. You can be loving and kind, follow the teachings of Christ, and still have a wand. Don't let people constrict you. There's nothing constricting about spirituality. Spirituality is completely by resonance and by your soul leading you. Uh, It's directed by higher self. So let higher self lead the dance. And if it has you have a Bible, just like I have my Bible sitting right here with crystals in my Bible, then that's what it is. And don't let anyone tell you different. This is you and your walk. I love you, family. Thank you, Icy. Thank you, Queen Vashti. Thank you, Tracy. I love y'all. Have a beautiful day. Peace. Love you. Love you. Bye. Peace. Love you. Love you.